Today on MTB News. It's Beyonce's world and we're just living in it. We're chatting about her record-breaking Grammy wins and other highlights from music's biggest night. Speaking of goats, is Tom Brady really retiring? Hear my theory. Also, are influencers making you broke? Hear about the new de-influencing trend to help you save more and splurge less. This is MTB News. Welcome back to my new segment, MTB News, where we share marketing takeaways from the latest pop culture headlines and industry trends. Before we get into breaking news, I have a few updates to share from some of last week's headlines. We talked about how the Empire State Building pissed off New Yorkers with a tweet celebrating their New York football rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. But I'm here to report that this chaotic tweet earned the Empire State Building over 10,000 new followers. So was it worth it? I asked my audience about this last Friday during my weekly Twitter chat called hashtag pop chat. And Leah Schultz said it was totally the right move. It got people talking and also supported the conference and league as a whole. What's the risk? None that I can see. No one is going to quit buying from the Empire State Building because they're not selling anything. Vinny cracked me up with this tweet. He said, of course it was worth it. In fact, they should do it again for whoever wins the Super Bowl. Oh no, New Yorkers are mad? What else is new? Ty said, As a sports fan, I hated this post since that's simply just not something you can do between those teams. From the social media perspective, I'm still not for it, as I hate the idea of shock virality, where brands do unpopular things just to get tons of engagement. Shock virality. I love how he said this. This is, this is something we're seeing a lot of brands do on Twitter, just to tweet something to get a rise out of people. And I don't know. I, I think getting a whole new slew of followers is a great idea. Maybe we'll see a lot of new tourism to New York. Maybe it's all going to be people from Philadelphia. We'll see. But it was interesting to watch this unfold. All right, let's pivot to old news becoming new news because Tom Brady announced he's retiring again with a short and sweet video posted on social media. Now, you know me, I always have my marketing hat on. So I wonder if Tom is really retiring. What if this is actually just a publicity stunt for his new movie that he's producing, 80 for Brady, which came out on Friday? But what I loved about Tom's announcement was that he kept his video brief and refrained from posting another emotional essay like he did the last time he retired. Instead, he let photos illustrate his legacy over 23 seasons and seven Super Bowl wins. Now, since we overanalyze everything famous people do on this podcast, I asked my audience about this as well and Tom's decision to let photos do the talking. So what do photos communicate that words just can't? Jesse says, the actual emotion of the thing instead of the perceived emotion. There's a lot you can do to convey emotion through text, like word choice, punctuation, emojis, but photos take out the middleman. 
and we're a lot more likely to connect with something we can see. So well said. Dominique says, photos are great at evoking immediate emotional responses. The first stories we ever told as humans were visual, so it touches on something primal. Photos also allow the viewer to have their own interpretation, making them part of the story. Mara says, seeing a photo can transport you back in time to a specific time in your life or memory way faster than words can. And I have to agree because last night I was transported back in time to Beyonce's first Grammy that she won in 2001 with Destiny's Child. Now she's the most decorated Grammy artist in history with 32 wins. And did you know that she and Jay-Z hold the record for most Grammy nominations with 88 nominations each? Talk about a power couple. It's not like Beyonce would ever have trouble selling concert tickets, but I'm sure this accolade only increases the hype for her Renaissance tour, which you may <laughs> you probably heard about it. She announced it last week on February 1st, the first day of Black History Month. I think there's a method to everything she does. And I'm bracing myself for another Ticketmaster debacle, like what we saw occur during the Taylor Swift Eras tour sale. And sadly, I still don't have a ticket, so if anyone needs a plus one, I'm a pretty good time at concerts. But anyway, I'm curious, do you think Ticketmaster's incompetence reflects on the artist? Camber says they don't. There aren't any other options, unfortunately. And as long as artists are trying to do their due diligence to ensure fair or more equitable access, that's about the extent of how it reflects on them. Rachel says, this is tough because if you want to play certain places, you have to dance with the devil, you know? When you take that gamble, you risk the backlash. It's like people who give a one-star review to products that arrive late. Not their fault, but creators pay the price. Sad but true. Erilyn says, in the past, artists have opted out of dynamic pricing, cap ticket prices, etc., so they do have a role in how out of control tickets have become. They can speak up. Ticketmaster isn't going to tell Beyonce no. So maybe between the Swifties and the Beehive, they'll band together and they could fix this Ticketmaster disaster that we're all dealing with. We can only hope. So fingers crossed. Shifting gears, what is everyone watching right now? If you haven't already, go watch the Pamela Anderson documentary on Netflix. She's finally taking control of her narrative, and I'm so glad she has the platform to tell her story because the media really did her dirty back in the 90s. And I've got to say, after watching the documentary, I adore Pamela Anderson. I didn't realize she had such a sweet personality. She's just so lovable. In the documentary, she actually slams the Hulu series you probably heard about, Pam and Tommy, for dramatizing the story surrounding her sex tape. It seemed to have a lot of inaccuracies, and Pam said the producer should have asked for her permission. So it begs the question, should subjects of biopics have to give approval? Hannah says, a thousand percent yes. 
even their family estate should have to give a thumbs up or at least have a preview so they can prepare for the public discourse after release. I really like this point of view because I think if they could at least get a preview, there won't be any surprises. Their PR team will have a heads up, but I understand it can be kind of tricky. Rachel says, as long as someone is around to speak for themselves or those they've trusted with their wishes, they are living intellectual property. Studios should ask permission, but I see why they don't. Labeling something unofficial lets them absolve themselves a bit, but it's a little gross. So, yeah, it is the way it is. The entertainment industry, if there's great, interesting stories to tell or scandal or controversy, it's just the way it is right now. But lastly, let's talk about a social media trend I think we're all going to love. It's called de-influencing. Now, we're used to influencers telling us about all the must-haves and we're quick to open our wallets. I know I am. But de-influencers are telling us the products we don't need or they're sharing the less expensive alternatives. I think we're all a little tired of being told what to buy constantly. I know for one, my Instagram feed just, it feels like a shopping catalog at this point. It's just constant products and ads. So what does de-influencing say about consumer culture and this shift that we're seeing? Hannah says, it feels like the continued move for authenticity and regular people, quote, as true influencers. Normal people can't afford all this stuff and don't even need all of it. So it's just more being real. Plus, recession-proofing marketing in tight times. I hear you on that. Alexa Phillips says, I think it says less about consumer culture and more about influencer authenticity. Audiences trust influencers' recommendations, so it makes sense that they would tell them what not to buy. We do this too based on our own experiences. So I've got to say, here's to the drugstore makeup, the Amazon dupes. We don't always need to splurge. So I love this trend. I think it's refreshing. More expensive doesn't always mean better. That's it for MTB News today. But in case you missed it, make sure you check out the latest episode of Making the Brand where I chat with Nick Alt and we talked about the magic and resurgence of vinyl records. It was a good one. And stay tuned for a new episode this Wednesday with Michael Kay, the head of global PR at OkCupid. We had a really interesting conversation geeking out about data and dating. (laughs) And next week on MTB News, we're going to have a field day because we have to do a recap about all the Super Bowl commercials. I will be that marketing geek on the couch taking notes. So be sure to subscribe and I'll see you then. Oh,